What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Miami Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, Manny Garavito, and it's good to be back for another one. Let me tell you something. I've had by far one of the most busiest months of the entire year. November's great. It's a blessing to be busy. I mean, if you think about it, as long as you're doing something, I think you're on the right track. So one of the reasons I'm so busy is because all these announcements that are coming out, I'm working on multiple projects at once, right? Hashtag blessed. I'm feeling great. A lot of stuff is being done. Things are in motion. A lot of momentum going in my life. Wednesday Night Live is coming November 27th, the night before Thanksgiving. Kyle Grooms and I are flying another great comedian into our beloved Magic City to do a unique experience of LOLs. Because that's what we that's what we do with Miami Comedy. All we do is provide the best LOL experiences that anybody could ever imagine. Okay? These are the kinds of productions that we're not doing cash grabs. We're not trying to make events just for the sake of profit. We're not trying to make events just for the sake of comedy. We're trying to make events to show people what comedy is like outside of Miami. And when we conjugate all these people together, the people that like to laugh, you know who you are, the locals out there that seek the alternatives to nightlife, we're the ones that provide you that option. We've been doing it for years. Kyle and I have worked on Wednesday Night Live since 2015, and we brought in some amazing acts, and now we're going to do it again. And we got a nice little sweet spot this time around because Thanksgiving Eve, ooh, that's a hot night. So... As I'm recording this, it's currently 7.21 p.m. $5 tickets are ending tonight. It's probably going to be too late. But let this be a forewarning for the next one. Wednesday Night Live and all of our productions that are ticketed will always be discounted up front. We, we load up all the fans. We let you know in advance. We tell you in the emails. We tell you in the social media posts and in the Instagram stories that these pre-sale early bird tickets are out. If you miss out on the $5 deal, fine. You still got the early bird coming up. And if you miss that one, you still got the general admissions. Just don't wait until Miami time to get your tickets like most people do. You know what most people in Miami do? They get their tickets two hours before showtime. I say, fuck that. We're going to hit them hard. Tickets at the door are $30 and tickets stay over $25. And you know what? It's worth every penny. As a matter of fact, it's not enough. One time on July 4th, this year actually, I charged $50 tickets for from Atlanta to Miami, and let me just say a lot of people paid it, right? Because they don't care. If you got the money for it, pay it. But if you know about the savings, buy those tickets early. Another announcement that's coming up, another thing that's in motion is uh, Mr. Wright's Gold Digger Saloon has now moved from Sunday to Thursdays, starting the 21st, and we have a very special event on this particular day. We decided to start it on this day because my good friend Kevin Kruger from Rise Realty friend that I've met over at the uh, networking events, he's going to be doing an event along with us on that particular day called the Rise Realty Roast. So what we're going to do is we're going to get four comedians from Miami, myself, Joe Bob McGinney, Victoria Fernandez, and comedian JJ, and we're going to go toe-to-toe against another four uh, real estate agents, and we're going to roast about, um, I don't know, careers. I'm pretty sure they've got the upper hand when it comes to uh, career choices, but we've got the upper hand because uh, they ain't selling nothing in Miami because the housing here stinks. All right, you can't get anything more than the size of a closet for like I don't know around the three hundred thousand range. It's really bad out here in Miami. You got to move about an hour away from all the good stuff in order to get something affordable. Plenty of jokes are going to be slinging, a lot of insults, and um, yeah, it's going to be one of those fun events. Speaking of roasts. 
Uh, there's going to be a regular general roast with about eight comedians, uh, four rounds, two versus two, over at Barter Winwood on Wednesday, November 20th. And uh, this particular day, well, this particular night is also ladies' night over at Barter Winwood. If you haven't been to our Barter Winwood shows, you've got to experience this because it's a very original production. Uh, a lot of night owls go out there. A lot of party people go out there, and they sit down and watch the show. And we try to switch it up for them every week. Like, we sometimes have a showcase or a headliner. However, this week, we got a roast. And the last time we did this roast, it was an amazing turnout. So many people showed up, and they loved seeing people getting insulted. There's something about a competition where people are, like, getting really badly insulted that is just very entertaining. So make sure you check out the second edition of the Miami Comedy Roast, hosted by uh, Alex Tarno as, and produced by my good friend Mateo Rodriguez. We got an amazing lineup of comedians just roasting each other. If you've seen it on Comedy Central, make sure you see it live. And, uh, of course, the ladies drink free during showtime. However, this uh, show is very popular. I always write about this. show is extremely popular. The seating is very limited. Make sure you make your reservations in advance. Go to MiamiComedy.com slash barter and arrive before 9 o'clock showtime to claim your seats, okay? Uh, another announcement I'd like to make is that uh, there's going to be a New Year's special over at the Red Bar. We're going to be hiring a, a headlining comedian to make an appearance there on the 30th. And, um, you know, a lot of out-of-town comedians are hitting us up these days to do their tours and showcases and our bar shows. So, finally, the scene outside of Miami is starting to realize that they can come here and do their own productions along with us. And we'd be more than happy to have them because, again, we do it for more than just... Uh, business we do it for more than just comedy itself we do it to to give you the experience okay if you love to laugh if you live in miami you're in the right place you're about to experience the best lols in all of miami and speaking of which i'm currently working on being the number one comedian in the city as well because i've been dormant too long um just this past september i'm doing comedy for about 10 years and uh started in 2009 and uh, once you start producing a lot of shows, unfortunately, you get too much into the business and you kind of forget to stay as a creative comedian. So I've got the experience. However, I've never really honed in about it for about a year or so in um, writing. But I've been back at it. And to be honest, it's coming a lot more quickly than anticipated. So thank God I still got the skill of writing these bits and jokes and ideas. And I think the biggest secret is that when an idea goes fleeting into your mind, you don't let it just disperse. A lot of people always think that when you get a really good idea that you'll remember it later. You won't. So I'm using this thing on my phone called Simple Note. Um, it's really good. I highly recommend anybody out there that wants to keep their ideas. It doesn't necessarily have to be just for jokes. It could be for you know, a business idea or a dream you had or a really good insight or maybe like a little quote that you can share with people. If you organize it in some sort of a notepad or application or anything like that, it's so much easier to draw it up. And what's even better is that when you do draw it up, you can add some more tags to it because you remember the feeling you had when the idea did show up. So I highly recommend you uh, definitely jot down your ideas, jot down your jokes for other comedians that are out there listening. It's been a great uh, game changer for me, especially in the last month and a half or so. Um, I've got about like five new minutes of material just writing down ideas and they're coming together rather um, surprisingly, I should say, um, on how good keeping ideas close and nearby. Um, it, you can really extrapolate a lot of cool, very, very interesting gems. Um, speaking of which, I'm working on this new bit, right? So I was just over at the Villain Theater and shout out to uh, Dean for making uh, this uh, late night 
you know, midnight show at this place called the Villain Theater, which primarily focuses on improvisation shows. However, every once in a while, they do have stand-up comedy shows, and this was one of them. So I went up there. I just wanted to go say hi to a few folks. You know, I helped Dean promote it. And um, I just went up randomly. I just went up, and I, I know that the people that go to this particular venue, they, um, you know, they, they, they kind of like only, they don't want to be in, you know, they don't want to hear the, the edgy stuff. Right. So I decided to ask the crowd what they felt about gentrification because Villain Theater is located in this place called Little Haiti and it's going through a major upheaval. Like a lot of developers are going over there and building like plazas and new homes and apartment buildings and all that. And someone actually like groaned at the fact that it's going through a gentrification. And I asked her, I say like, hey, how come you groaned? Like, what did you what do you feel about this whole gentrification thing? And she says, uh, well, the culture, I'm going to I'm going to hate the fact that they're destroying the culture. And I said, you know, sweetheart, you got to understand that culture only happens during work hours from like 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Apart from that, the only cultural thing that's happening is just crack rock connoisseurs walking around selling it and smoking it. Um, You know, I'm not up for or against gentrification. It's just part of capitalism, I guess. Like if you have the ability to buy something and renew it and bring it to a whole new level, you know, that's what capitalism allows us to do. However... At the same time, there's a lot of technicalities and a lot of red tape. Like, you know, the people that are living there are already comfortably with their families. They're being drawn out and they're hitting them higher for rents or something. And there's laws in the middle. Like, it's, it's this whole mix-up of legalities and finance and evolution. And, you know, it's just one big shitstorm. However, gentrification is something that's definitely happening all over Miami. And shout out to all the people in Wynwood, too. Because Wynwood is going through major gentrification is probably the most gentrified area in all of Miami. And I just recently saw that there's these new apartment buildings being in front of this Ducati building. And um, a friend of mine that's in realty over at my networking events is stating that they go for about $800,000. And, you know, more power to all those rich people moving into those apartments because it's not even fully gentrified yet. It's kind of like, you know what it's like? It's like the pilgrims landing on Plymouth Rock. There's just danger in every corner. Like there's not, there's not any day that you're not going to be moving in where the close eyes of a crackhead are just looking at your U-Haul pulling up as you gather around flat screen TVs and artisan cheeses. They're just going to be standing in, outside of your house just rubbing their hands together and they can't wait for that moment to strike. Okay? They're going to be marking their territory every single night in front of your house, popping and locking. Okay, and there's and you know when you live in Wynwood, you're just one bad decision away from losing your life of luxury. Okay, you can walk around the corner and then you'll just have this sudden curiosity to smoke rocks, and that's it. Your your life of luxury is over from one bad decision living in a gentrified neighborhood. Okay, you'll be having open house selling all your furniture at a bargain just to take another hit of that crack rock. I'm no saint. I'm a curious man myself. If I had $10 million and I went over to Wynwood, there'd probably be a day where I'll just like, well, I kind of had an, you know, I, I'm living it up. I got a yacht party to go to, right? I got I to gotta go have a wine and cheese later on tonight with a beautiful model from Miami. My life is fantastic. I got a Maserati parked outside. I'm kind of bored. What's this crack rock stuff all about? You're done. You're done. <laughs> you know, crackheads are great. I, I really, for the most part, every time I meet a crackhead, 
they're they're funny in some way. They're like cartoon characters. They think like you know like Bugs Bunny, where like anything is possible, and they just act like a cartoon. Like that's how I see them. One time I got out of my car because I thought there was a little old lady that wanted to cross the street, but it turns out it was a crackhead, and I still did it. You know why? Because I'm a man of character. Through and through. But they were some 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 of them, however, when I was younger and I didn't understand crackheads and the way they came off, I sometimes thought that, you know, that was the boogeyman in broad daylight. When I was in the backseat of my parents' car just looking at these crackheads, I was like, wow, the boogeyman is real. When I was younger, I was afraid of them. Now, not so much. But when I was younger, I could picture a crackhead coming out of my closet late at night, tiptoeing over my toys, coming up to my bed and being like, hey, yo, kid, wake up. Boo. <laughs> yeah. Give me a dollar. <laughs> and, you know, as I grow up and I'm, I'm figuring out, you know, how finances affect people. From the lower class all the way to the upper class. Because, you know, I guess in Miami, you're going to come across them in, in one day. You know, you drive in one area, you see one part of the financial scale there, and you drive to another one, and you see the other side of it. And that's what's great about Miami. It's just so bi- it's so polarized. It's, so, uh, it's diverse, but it's diverse in segments. Everything is segregated in Miami. You got little Haiti. You got the Venezuelans in Doral. You got the uh, bougie people in Miami Beach. You got the small business owners in Brickell. You got the artsy people in Wynwood. People don't really like conjugate together. It's either you're part of that team or that tribe or that group or that community. And we all just stay in our lanes. And then when we try to crisscross, that's when you start seeing the mixes of, you know, how much money you make a year. However, I was sometimes thinking about reverse gentrification because I think the, men, the main issue here is mental illness when it comes to being poor. You know, because if you're lazy, you'll find something to do. You know, you'll sell jewelry at a fair or something and, or, you know, you'll end up selling weed. Or the, 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 if, if you have the ability to put together one thought, I'm pretty sure that you can at least make a dollar doing something. But I think mental illness is the real reason people are poor because you don't want to, no one wants to be around those people. You're just chatting away, knocking stuff over, yelling for no reason. And, no, you know, no one wants to put them in a home or pay for anything, so they just put them out on the streets. But imagine if mental illness was, like, reversed. Imagine if someone was so mentally ill that they were impeccably shrewd when it comes to finances. <laughs> imagine, like, if they never spent a dime on shoes, electricity, they never have to pay rent because they don't have a roof over their heads, right? No one, they, no, they don't have to buy clothes. Imagine if that was the mental illness where you made money but you live dirt poor. Okay? And that's it. That's pretty much all you need to do a reverse gentrification in an area. Like, all that's needed is for poor people to wake up from spending their money and just start investing. Because you're already in a position where you don't have to pay for uh, lights. You don't have to pay a Netflix. You don't have to pay for Wi-Fi. But you're making money somehow and you just start saving up. And let's say about, I don't know, Four dozen homeless people in Miami start living impeccably shrewd financial lives of discipline. Okay, you're already on a roll. If you're dirt poor, you don't got to spend money on nothing. But just get a steady stream of something. And then the lower class just starts driving everybody out. They wait for the right moment. Let's say these four 
dozen groups <laughs> of poor people saved up about $10 million in their lifetime, and then they just go all out. They just drive everybody out of Brickle, buying the penthouses straight up cash, kicking them out. Then you got homeless people driving around in scooters. They're buying the bridge that they used to live under, and then they're, you know, they set up a private toll or something like that. I think that's what, that's what you need. I think poor people need to be... <laughs> This is so stupid. Poor people need their uh, to direct their mental illness towards something financial. I think that's what it takes, and then you just reverse gentrify everything. All right, how much? How long have I been talking about this bullshit? Sometimes I wonder where my mind goes, guys. All right, sixteen minutes. I think this should do it, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Miami Comedy Podcast. If you ever want to hear me rambling about the most mundane and uh, craziest things. Definitely tune in. Don't forget to uh, give us a five-star review over on Apple iTunes. Make sure you visit our events calendar at MiamiComedy.com. And if you love to laugh, don't forget to check out one of our shows, okay? Also, we have a monthly membership program. You just pay one uh, price a month, and then with that one price, you get complimentary drinks, free tickets, and uh, you can definitely help us out in uh, making these uh, events more and more accessible to the people of Miami. All right, I'll see you on the next episode.